looking to get cold side of Fon. Lafondra away from Davis. 3 1 running. 3 points running. Well, hello there. You're listening to Women's Hour on BBC Radio 4. <laughs> uh, well, no, you're not. You're actually tuned into the Elm Park Royals podcast with me, Jacob South Klein. Hello there. And James Earnshaw from the Reading Chronicle. How are you, James? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Yourself? I'm all right. You said it's snowing where you are. Yeah, yeah, well, it's literally just stopped now, but it was snowing for, for a good few seconds. It hammered it down. But That's right hilarious, because where I am, squirreled away in some dark corner of Cardiff, not Reading or Barnsley, um, <laughs> it's like an Indian summer, honestly. Blue skies, as far as the eye can see. I'm trying to it's, send it uh, away. Just goes to show. I mean, it, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a podcast with two British white males without mentioning the weather at one point. So, <laughs> so now, so now we've got that out of the way. I suppose we'd better do what we're here to talk about and and discuss all of the Barnsley preview stuff because we're playing um, Reading are playing Barnsley in a rather important game this weekend. I don't know if you at home have, have noticed. It's um. I would even go as far as saying it's not just a relegation six-pointer, it's probably a 12-pointer or even a 24-pointer. Uh, I don't know if you can get those. Uh, leave your comments below if you know if, if the maths doesn't check out. But um, yeah, we last spoke, James, pre-Forest. So just on the eve of getting pasted 4-0 by the Tricky Trees, uh, the mood was a little bit more bleak than it is now. We just had the international break, which is why we've been away for a couple of weeks um and the, and yeah it's the mood's changed since then hasn't it well yeah it's changed since Bournemouth I mean the mood after Forest was pretty toxic I thought um but you know w- with with reason because we were awful um but yeah since the Bournemouth Bournemouth game which we probably should have won let alone drawn um and then we should have put black we should have put so many more past Blackburn than we did uh, it should have been more than just the one um, four points from two playoff teams, and you can't complain about that. No, and uh, we meant we went into the international break on a bit of a high dare, I say. Mm. Uh, we were picking up points, two excellent performances against two promotion contenders, and now all that momentum, annoyingly, has dried up because in the meantime we've uh, had players go away on international duty and do uh, varyingly well. Um, so we've had, let's just round them up, shall we? We've got Andy Eardham. Reading FC right back, also Garner right back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, his team have just qualified for World Cup 2022, which is amazing. Go on the Black Stars. <laughs> um, they beat Nigeria, didn't they, in their uh, crucial game, which is uh, a bit of a... Yeah. They don't like each other very much, Garner and um, Garner and Nigeria. But uh, nice to have some... From yeah, they all, all kicked off, yeah. Yeah. There, there was like some sort of... Um, they had to keep the players on the on the pitch for a little while whilst they sorted out. And uh, I was following the match via Carl Anker from The Athletic. And he said, um, he said, oh, it's all kicking off. I'm going to turn my internet off whilst it's all like sorted out. So yeah, a bit of drama on and off the yeah. pitch, let's say. Um, so yeah, nice to have some rules representation at the World Cup in the form of Yeardham. Uh, here's a fun fact for you, James. Uh, I learned this week that, so the Ghana men's team are the Black Stars, mm-hmm. but the Ghana under 20s team are called the Black Satellites. Oh, wow. That's what? hilarious, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you've you've got the you've got the dichotomy of like the stars and then the things floating around the stars. Very good. I reckon we should rename like the men's under t- under twenties for England. Like instead of like the three lions, there should be like, I don't know, like the, the three cubs 
like Simba <laughs> and the Lion King. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on from that, um, you pointed this out. Um, Luke Southwood had an all right debut for Northern Ireland, didn't he? Yeah, well, from what I can remember, I mean, I didn't watch it, but I saw it. Come he came on, didn't he? Because their, their, right. their goalkeeper that started got injured or something. Um, but no, it's good to have him get, you know, while he's not getting game time with us, at least he's out getting some more minutes under his belt. Um, yeah. Because, you know, we could, I know it's an island, seems to be number one at the minute, but, you know, you never know when, with our injury, where we might need to throw Southwood back in again. Well, exactly. It's good. It's good experience for him. I mean, it's a unique privilege, isn't it, going away with your country and, uh, was getting rave reviews for Northern Ireland from from the manager, which I can remember mm. his name. It's probably something Irish. And um and yeah, like you say, with the goalkeeping department being a little uncertain, especially for next season, when we know Southwood will be around, but whether we're gonna get in someone else or not, it's nice to know that he's uh, still getting some minutes, still ticking along. So uh, well done to you, Mr. Southwood. Uh we've got a couple more to tick off, honestly. Uh, these globe trotting roles of ours. Um we've got uh, junior Hoylet whose Canada side have done brilliantly to qualify for the World Cup for the first time since the 80s. He actually scored in one of those <laughs> crucial games. Um, so did Mariapa so, in the wrong net. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> it was an own goal at the other end, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, good old Adrian. So, look, the Brawls <laughs> connection. Um, and then finally, let's just briefly talk about um, a, uh, a former Portuguese international turned Angolan international, Lucas Zhao who um, has uh, defected, and we can't really call it a defection because there's not that much beef, but he's, uh, he's decided to trade in his Portuguese shirt for an Angolan shirt and uh, made his debut for them over the break. Um, I was reading down a list of other players in that Angola team and there aren't actually that many big names. So it's, it's a chance for Blue Kujau to really kind of be the main man in that Angola team, isn't it, James? Yeah, no, definitely, like he is for the club. Um, but hopefully he doesn't do too well, because we could do with him <laughs> hanging around, to be honest. Um, mm. But yeah, no, it's good for all of them, to be fair. I just hope they all come back, you know, sort of all right to play, because I know Hoylet won't be back till Friday morning. Yeah. And then after then travel up to Barnsley and hopefully he can play some. I mean, Ince reckon he'll play some part, whether it's on the start or probably on the bench, I'd imagine. But, you know, he'll be shattered. It's a nine-hour you know, nine flight from Canada to then drive up to Barnsley. Mm. It's funny, in the past, when Reading players have gone away on international duty, there's always been a question of, you know, that fitness aspect. Because when Gareth McClear was going away on Jamaican duty, he really used to put his body on the line for, mm. for Jamaica. Same with Liam Moore. Liam Moore played an astonishing amount of mm. minutes, um, either last season or the season before. And, uh, you know, obviously great experience for them. Um, I was talking to the Blackburn guys on the, pre the previous preview podcast about how there's this thing where they didn't want Ben Brereton going away to Chile because he's just coming back from injury and um, yeah. you know it's simultaneously a bit of a confidence booster for the likes of Oilet and and also Southwood and, and Zhao and whatnot but you know we'll just see, have to see what, what they're like when they come back Zhao in particular seems very confident that with him being in the team um, until the end of the season he he was giving an interview to Sky how he can mm. fire us to safety and I suppose that starts on the weekend against Barnsley before we move on from the international break because I'm desperate to move on to the international break I, I, I don't know I don't know about you James I've done nothing over the break um it's you know we have two weeks without any club football and it does my head mm -hmm. um but one thing that I was also doing running fans heads in to various degrees on Twitter was the fact that interim manager Paul Ince who in case you've forgotten he's Reading manager um he was on punditry duty for England what do you think yeah. about that yeah I, I can see both sides where people are coming from 
personally, I'm not too bothered because you know he's not like he's going to be doing a great deal of work. I wouldn't imagine on a Tuesday night he'd probably be watching the game anyway. So whether he's you know there giving his opinion or watching it at home, uh, I'm not too bothered. We had the pre-match press conference on that morning, uh, and he mentioned that he was going to England, um, and he seemed really looking forward to it. So you know, fair play to him. He's you know he's got to keep his hand in, and who knows what he's going to be doing next season. Um, hmm. As long as we go out and get results, you know he can do what he wants. Yeah, it's, it, you, it's, you raise a good point. I mean, if if it's going to be 8pm on a weeknight, you're not telling me that they're going to be at, at Bearwood Park, you know, doing press-ups. So, you know, it's fair play. It just, I guess for me, and also I saw Simeon Pickup, editor of the Tarlist End, shout yeah. out, um, on Twitter saying that there's this weird thing that when you see Paul Ince on television, you go, oh, that's Paul Ince. Mm. And then you go, oh, hang on a minute that's our manager as well. And it's almost like the, the whole fact that he's managing Reading seems to be this weird, psychologically secondary thing. And, you know, I guess at the back of my mind, there's this whole thing of, oh God, is this just kind of like a bit of window dressing for him? Is he putting himself in, you mm. know, in, in the shop? But then he gave an interview to South Today, Paul, uh, Paul Ince over the break, yeah. kind of stressing that he's kind, he's um, keen to sit down with the Reading owners and discuss staying on next season if, touch wood, mm. he, he keeps us up. And um, so I guess then, James, he's, you know, all this talk of whether he's committed or not, he, he seems to be in it for the mid to long haul, right? Yeah, yeah. I get that opinion when I, when I, from the times I've spoken to him. Um, quite often I kind of don't realise till I sit down. I'm like, oh God, that's, that's Paul Ince, you know, when I sit down. <laughs> he has a real aura about him. Um but he seems a lovely down-to-earth bloke. Um, and yeah, I, I think if we stay up, I think he'll, um, he'll get the job long-term. Whether that's the right move or not, mm. uh, yeah, it's, it's you know, a different matter. But um, no, I, I think we could do with a bit of stability, really. It's about time yeah. we got with a manager and we stuck with, with, with one for a while. And Whoever comes in next season has got one hell of a job on their hands. Mm. Um, so in one way, I guess it's quite an attractive op- op- proposition because you've not got nothing to lose. I mean, we're probably going to be favourites to come rock bottom with the um, financial problems and the lack of players in general. If he can stick around or if anyone comes in and keeps us up, he so won't have done a bad job. Yeah, and and like you say, maybe to stick with what we've got as opposed to rolling the dice and maybe getting in a, a, a manager again, similar to what we did with Paunovic, where we're like, you know, mm. he's a relative unknown, untested. Would we rather just stick with what we've got? And for all his, his faults, you know, Ince is picking up the points for us recently in the league. Mm. So let's stick with that pre-match news conference tangent that we've been on, James. Um, the You speaking to the press this week threw up a few um, bit, little tidbits as far as injuries are concerned. Um, mm. Some really big losses. You've got the likes of um, Andy Renmahotta, who's going to be out until mm. the end of the season. I know when you, you see that headline, you go, oh my God, Renham Hotter out for the season. It's only eight games, yeah. but then at the same time, he's been one of our most important players recently. I think he's been in excellent form. And on mm. top of that, let's not forget, he's out of contract along with yeah. many others at the end of the year. Do mm. you think we've seen the last of Andy Renham Hotter in a, in, a, in a Reading shirt? Yeah, yeah, I think we have. I can't see many of those players out of contract sticking around. Um, it's a shame because you couldn't give them a proper send-off. Um, and he's been a great player for us over the last few years. Um, but, you know, I guess it's football. I mean, we just can't catch a break this season, can we? It's just ridiculous. The minute, I mean, Inter was raving about how it's great to have, you know, lots of options finally before just before the international break and we were finally getting back to a team 
you know, the bench actually had, you know, first team players on it. And now, you know, missing Mate and Renamoto and you're back to square one again. Yeah, he's a huge miss for us. Um, and, you know, I think one of the strengths we've had recently has been in that midfield. You know, you've got Laurent putting in the performances. You've got Renam Hotter looking like more of his old self that won him player of the season a couple of years ago. And, and an equally big miss, even though he hasn't had as much game time recently for us. But off the back of a, a long-term injury is Mate, who is looking like he's going to be out for the next four to six weeks. And even though there was this debate, James, about whether he'd been managed properly since coming back mm-hmm. from injury, whether he should have been starting games or or coming on earlier as a substituting games, Yaku Mate being out for this crucial run in is another big mess, right? Yeah, yeah. Even for his just you know his, his personality around the place, you know, he lifts everyone around him, um, and he's, he he steps up when he's needed, you know, in big big moments. And we've got some big games coming up, so he really could have done with them around. I mean. Femi Aziz, I saw a video of him in training. Um, so he's another one that's sort of back. Halilovic is another couple of weeks away. He's another one that's back. But again, he's not featured under Ince. So whether he's hmm. particularly well thought of, I'm not sure. But he looks all right in the 23s when I had to watch. Um, but yeah, Mate is just a massive miss. But I guess the good thing is he is one under contract. So we should see him again at some point. Yeah. And, and in terms of returnees, we've mentioned Halilovic. You said he's been ready for a while, by the way. So there's an interesting hmm. political thing there. Uh, Baba Rahman, an actual left back, is fit for running football club. Yeah. So, you know, the big news. Uh, we've obviously been playing McIntyre there as a bit of a makeshift stand in uh, in the weeks up to this game against Barnsley. But expect to see Baba back in the lineup. And it'd be nice maybe to see McIntyre in more of a central position. But uh, on the subject of centre backs, uh, a bit of an under the radar pickup over the international break. We've signed. Um, he was on. Low, he was on uh, trial with us for a little while, but we've just signed Terrell Thomas. Mm. I love an alliterative name. Um, <laughs> he's a twenty-six-year-old centre back mm. who's spent much of his career in the lower leagues in League One, League Two. But it's another body, right? It's and and he's probably not going to get a load of minutes. But is it a useful addition? Do you think, James? Yeah, that's what Paul Lynch said. It was just, you know, we need the bodies. We had one more space left in the squad that we could fill. Um, and, he, he, you know, he's worked hard and he earned his, you know, deserves his chance. Again, like you said, I don't, I don't think he'll feature too much. Um, but even if he's playing regularly 23s football, um, I know there's a Bucks and Bucks semi-final coming up. Can't mm. a chance for some proper competitive action. Um, and then see, you know, he's one that could maybe look into more for next year because I can't imagine he's on a great deal contract-wise. Um, no, so he might be able to sort something out for him. Well, that's it. I mean, we're looking at cheap and cheerful, aren't we? Mm-hmm. It's uh, so yeah. And again, he might turn out to be the next Berezi or Nesta. You never know. So, um, I mean, in terms, he's, he's unlikely to start at the weekend against Barnes, the Upper Oakwell. But let's turn our attentions to that game anyway, because it's what you're all here for at home. We're finally, actually, 15 minutes into the podcast, about to preview <laughs> the fixture for the weekend. Um, Barnsley, fellow relegation strugglers, but I guess the difference is the last time we played Barnsley back in October when we won 1-0 via a, a John Swift goal and uh, Scott Down made his debut, of course, and assisted Swift mm. for that goal. At the time we played them earlier in the season, we were seventh and this is pre-points deduction. We were in decent form. That, that win against Barnsley was our fifth win out of six. And things were looking up. I mean, it, the wheels fell off directly after that Barnsley win. And now fast forward to the present day, 
uh, back end of March seemed to be April. Uh, we're down at the bottom with them. And whereas Barnsley were kind of looking done and dusted for a little while, they've had a little bit of resurgence mm. in form, a bit like us. So, I mean, the the reverse fixture aside, it's a huge game at the weekend, isn't it, James? It's, 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 it's probably biggest game of the season for me. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, we were trying to... That, that was the sort of line that the media were going with for um, the, the press conference on Tuesday. And Inter wasn't having any of it. Um, he still thinks it's, you know, or at least whether he thinks it, he says it's another game, you know, you can't treat it as a cup final. There's still seven games left. But he's all, you know, fully right. But even just a psychological boost it would give to whoever wins that game is probably more important than the points themselves because they'll then go into the final seven or we'll go into the final seven full of confidence. And, you know, you know, we got some tough games coming up. Um, but this week could be huge. You know, another three games, nine point week available, you know, win two of those and you should really be home and host. Yeah, I mean, it's an opportunity to to open up a, a big mm. gap. And we were saying on the uh, on the podcast after Blackburn with Paul and the gang, the world's worst <laughs> boy band, um, we were saying that as a result of that win last time out, this game against Barnsley for Reading has gone from being a must-win game to a must-not-lose game yeah. instead. Uh, because if we'd been playing them and the gap had been two points and we'd lost, then we would have had our backs right mm. up against the wall. Um Shout out to the Tarlow's End again. I'm doing a lot of promo for the Tarlow's End <laughs> on, on this Elm Park Royals podcast. I do apologise to my higher-ups, but I just saw a fantastic stat that they put out on Twitter um, about Reading and Barnsley. So get this right. Reading are unbeaten in their last nine matches in the league against Barnsley, which on the face of it is great. However, we have not won at Barnsley, up at Oakwell, in our last nine visits. So to me, that screams draw. <laughs> and mm. I don't think a draw really... I think the draw helps us more than it helps Barnsley. Mm. But, I mean, are we expecting it to end up that way? What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm thinking a draw. I mean, obviously, I'd love to, us to go out there and put on a show and just, you know, show our class difference between the two. Um, you know, but we're down there for a reason. Um, you know, we're probably quite similar teams. Um, and I think we'll just... I'll, uh, Paul Lintz wasn't going to go gung-ho, which I think is correct. Um, and I can see it being a nil-nil or a 1-1. Someone might nick it, hopefully us. Um, yeah. But I think I'll take a point. I'd go up there and take a point. It could be the most boring game, just come down from Yorkshire without having lost. I think it'd be a good day. I'll take a point. I mean, they've, they've got a couple of dangers. With Cooley Woodrow, who mm. I think has been linked to Reading in the past... He scored a smattering of goals this season. He's not been a world beater, but I'll be interested to to pick the the um, brains of Red's report later on in the podcast to see whether we should be worried about Corley Woodrow or not. But they've also had their fair share of manager shenanigans in recent times because obviously they lost Valerian Ismail to West Brom. Mm. Um, there was a time, let's not forget, that Reading and Barnsley looked like um, promotion contenders. I mean, Barnsley made the playoffs and Reading didn't last season. But since then, they sacked Marcus Schopp in uh, November. He's gone. Who have they got? Who's their manager now? Uh, I knew you were going to ask that. It's Poyer. Because yeah, I can't remember. Poyer, uh, something or other. I can't, I can't pronounce it. Oh, yet. yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's Poyer as Baggy. Yeah. <laughs> they do appoint some managers with fantastic names, don't they? Um, yeah, well, they do like similar to Moneyball, I think, don't they? I think they're quite heavy on sort of stats and, and stuff. Yeah. They, you know, they, they quite often go left field. 
Which is quite canny, really, because, you know, when that approach works, you know, for example, at Brentford, mm. Southampton are going to start to do it with their new ownership. You know, when it works, it's great. And I wouldn't mind Reading being a little bit more clever with their recruitment. And, you know, getting back to the old, you know, that horrible phrase, the Reading way of, you know, buying on the cheap and, mm. you know, for a system. So, Selling obviously, up. it's... Yeah, maybe not working out quite as Barnsley wanted this season with them being in the relegation zone. Mm. But, you know, it's uh, let's just hope they don't do as in it at the weekend. I'm going to agree with you. I reckon it's a game we can probably nick 1-0. Mm. Um, and, you know, our recent league form would suggest that even with absentees like Renamharta, we can go there and hopefully, hopefully get a result. Mm. And um, let's not forget as well, massive, massive away following for Reading on the road because mm. we're a massive club. We're a huge club. Uh, <laughs> um, at the time of recording, I think we've sold over 1,500 tickets for the mm. weekend, which is a great effort. And the away sport's been really good all season. Um, you made the point as well, the weird setup of, of Oakwell means that it, the, the crowd might look a bit smaller than it actually is, James. Yeah, yeah. I've been there a couple of times and the away end behind the goal is huge. I think it holds like four or five thousand. So although, you know, fishing is a great effort, you know, the most, the fourth, three or four times I've been, you could add all the crowd together and it, wasn't, it wouldn't make 1,500. So it's great that we've made the effort for this, for this big game. But, you know, the old uh, attendance police out on social media <laughs> might have a bit of a laugh at the pictures, but, you know, who gives, who, yeah. who cares? As long as we go up there and win and do, do our bit, get behind the team and, you know, hopefully roar them onto victory. Make a bit of noise, be a bit rowdy, but within the confines of the law, because here on the Unpart <laughs> Rules podcast, we are, you know, good law-abiding citizens. Um, let's just wrap up then, James, because we've got a bit of time before we speak to the, the Barnsley lads. Mm. Uh, you, over at the, the Running Chronicle, got a bit of a, an exclusive scoop this week, and um, we've got a, an important, well, important, important in terms of historical significance, but not mm. league significance. Um, two teams managed by... The legendary Brian McDermott and Steve Coppel will be facing off at each other uh, once the season's over at the, mm. at the uh, Select Car Leasing Stadium. Uh, however, a player that won't be playing in that game um, is Dave Kitson. And um, you've you've managed to get hold of this information. Uh, can you and can you talk us through why you reckon that's the case? And do you reckon other players are going to follow suit? Um, well, you know, he's, he's hardly... Um... Backwards at coming forward to his opinions a lot of the time. <laughs> and um, fair play to him for sticking to his guns. I mean, I don't know what's happened with, with Kipson and the hierarchy, but, you know, something's happened because they clearly don't get on. Um, and, you know, fair play, he's got his opinion and he's, he's sticking by it. It's disappointing for the fans and I'm gutted I'm not going to be able to, you know, we're not going to see him pulling on the shirt again. But, you know, if he's headstrong and, you know, he's made up his mind, no, no one's going to change that. Uh, regarding the other players... The thing with all of these anniversary things, you're not going to get everyone together, are you? There, there no doubt will be a few that that will go under the, that, you know, that because there's obviously a lot that's still playing, especially 11, 12. I mean, you can't see Lafondra coming across from Australia. Um, I don't know what the sort of rules are with uh, t- players signed on with other teams, but the likes of Alex Pierce and Millwall going to let him run out for a testimonial type game if he's still under contract for them. I mean, it's. It's an interesting one. I expect to see more of the 0506 team than I do of the 11 12. Just playing, yeah, and I think they're a bit older, maybe more settled, and probably got more time just to give than, than the current 11 12 team. Yeah, that's it. And you, you've raised a point as well the fact that with so many of them being internationally based, mm. um, 
that there was also question marks as to whether the, the club were going to fund their travel and accommodation, which probably put a couple of them off as, as important as the club may be for them. So we'll just have to see. It's another thing to look forward to. Hopefully by the time we play that game, we will still be a championship club starting at Barnsley at the weekend. And and as far as Dave Kitson's concerned, it gives him more time to write his 15th secret footballer book, doesn't it? So, um, It'll be a great day regardless, though. I mean, it's all what you make of it, isn't it? And there'll be enough people there, enough faces there. But it'll be a nice walk down memory lane. I mean, it's not anything serious. You just rock up, I think it's a tenor in it, and you just sit in unreserved and just you know have a laugh with a few few mates and, and watch a few you know ex-professionals have a, have a good go at it. Should be a good yeah, thing. And, and, and bring back memories of a slightly happier time mm. or two slightly happier times. Uh, thank yeah. you so much for joining us, James. Well, We're at the halfway point now, and I, I don't know about you, but I just wanted to shout out our good friends over at Blue Collar Street Food at Blue Collar Corner, outside your place of work. Mm. Um, on a, Where is it? It's, it's Hosier Street, isn't it? Oh, have you already yeah. been? Yeah, I went on Friday. I went for uh, Benji's Leaving Doom. Um, oh, so yeah. We went, uh, shout out shout out to the Newark. Yeah, so we uh, <laughs> we had a few drinks at Blue Collar, and yeah, it's, it's nice. I, I think it'll be lovely in the summer with the heat. I mean, it was a bit chilly, but um, mm-hmm. just bring a couple of coats and you'll be fine. No, it's nice I to saw... have a sort of event sort of area yeah. for the town. Oh, uh, I totally agree. It's exactly what Reading's been missing. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's just something cool and hip-hop and <laughs> happening. And uh, as, as well, if you get down, you know, as, as, as well as locally brewed beers, you've got mm. the taco tree, you've got Saab Slice, another alliterative name, uh, Gert Wings, get, get some chicken wings down you, and you uh, bow, which is a, um, a place that does bow buns, I, I believe. And also, not that you can take advantage of this offer now because Mother's Day's been and gone. They were giving out free Prosecco to all the Reading mums, oh. which is um, something, I, uh, something I also heartily endorse. <laughs> um so uh so yeah thank you to blue collar street food for sponsoring and supporting supporting well, this uh this pod and thank you to you james earnshaw for joining us from the running chronicle yeah, thanks for having me and uh it will be uh it won't be long till we speak next uh but next on this podcast i'm going to be speaking to the lads over at red's report uh that's uh the barnsley podcast and we're gonna uh, pick their brains give them a bit of a grilling ahead of our weekend game see you or rather hear you after the break <laughs> hello hopefully you've still joined us after the break and you haven't switched off or uh i don't know run off to, to barnsley ahead of, ahead of time but um james has gone james earnshaw from reading chronicle has gone and i'm now i'm delighted to say joined by a fellow dutchman on the Elm Park royals podcast we've got carlo van der vattering from red's report um, you are a hundred percent Dutch, as opposed to me. That's only a measly fifty percent. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. I, I'm just. I had to apply to stay after your Brexit ruling. So yeah, <laughs> I'm all legal. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. Well, I mean, we um, no, honestly, a friend of a friend of football is a friend of us, and we promise we won't uh, get Pretty Patel on the line or anything like that. So, uh, um, yeah. I was just talking to the lad from the Reading Chronicle. He's in Reading, and whilst I'm currently in Cardiff. They've had snow in Reading today. Has it snowed up north? Yeah, uh, it snowed yesterday and it snowed again today. Yeah, um, I currently sort of overcast, uh, but it's been snowing for two days. I mean, there's no danger regarding the match or anything, but it, it's, as I said, not a proper game down earlier on. <laughs> Absolutely, it went really grey and, yeah, snow. Not great. Gritters are out. I mean, what's the world coming to? Snow in April? It's, um, I mean, I don't know if it would be doing us all a favour if the match was snowed off on Saturday, because <laughs> as far as the football's been concerned, it's probably not a lot 
to write home about. We were saying before we hit record how recent fortunes have just changed for both Barnsley and Reading in the last 12 months. I mean, this time last year when we were playing each other, we had playoff aspirations. And and now, in terms of a mood, it's not particularly sunny in either fan base. But just talk us through what the mood's like, first of all, in the Barnsley camp. You've been down at the bottom for you know most of the season. I mean, yeah. what's the morale like? Um, it, it seems to be improving a little bit. So take you back to sort of this time last year on the Valerian Ismail, uh, you know, playoffs, lost against Swansea. Fantastic season, overachieved by far, but a really good season. Alex Mowood goals, Daryl DK goals and Valerian Ismail go. All key, but we're not a one-player team. So uh, a new manager comes in, Marcus Shop, Um and we were just shocking, <laughs> literally, no identity. We won the first match of the season, and everybody's thinking, here we go again, we won Coventry. And then nothing, no identity, no style of play. It was it was painful to watch. Um, they get rid of Marcus Shop and they bring in uh Bagi, who was at that time the Swedish under 21 manager, coach, head coach. Um, he was appointed in November and he had to wait, I don't know how long for his for his first win. Um, in all fairness, from the middle of February, as after the January transfer window, uh, two players came in, and um, things improved a little bit. Um, we won Hull, uh, we won Middlesbrough, uh, we won QPR, a, a draw against Fulham, which, given how Fulham are going, good result. But then the last match before the um, international break, we lost against um, Sheffield United, which is obviously South Yorkshire derby. Um, so... Mm-hmm. One of the problems that we've seen, and it's clear to all the fancy, is there's no strength in depth. The 11 players that start, probably championship quality, well, maybe even not, but there's, there's nothing from the bench at all. Um, we're lucky that two players who are on international duty have come back. Mikael Helic is um, central defender, uh, Polish mm. international, they've qualified. And uh, Callum Styles, born and bred in Bury in Lancashire, now represents <laughs> Hungary. Um, <laughs> through through his um, yeah through his granddad I think but you know what it's amazing credit. yeah and you know credit for him because um, he, he's uh, he's he's a decent he's when I say little I mean in stature nothing else uh, mm. he's a, he's a decent player um, and and to get sort of called up for anybody to represent a country that you're able to represent I think is is the biggest honour there is so let's hope that's done him the world of good. Uh, as we go into this massive, is it a six pointer? Is it a nine pointer? A twelve point? I don't even know what it is. But it's, it's <laughs> earlier on, I called it. it. Honestly, earlier on, I I went out on a limb and called it a twenty four pointer because I really do yeah. think it's that big, Carlo. It's um, it's a season defining game for both of us. And, and as far as that Hungary call up for your little lad, uh, I'm still waiting for my Netherlands call up as well. So yeah, Louis van Gaal, but they've seen me play, so I'm not worried. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in, you mentioned about the turnaround in form; it's been quite incredible. I was looking at the um, the fixture list earlier, and and you went from winning two of your first 29 league games, which by all accounts is is pretty bad. I mean, that's that's like rivaling us in terms of in terms of just how dire that is. And then all of a sudden, you're in a position where of your last nine games, you've won four of them to so double what you did in your first 29 yeah. and got an extra two draws. So, you know, a bit of a pickup in form a, a, along with us. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the change of manager. You've gone from sacking Marcus Shop in, in November and, and bringing in Payaraz Baggy. What specifically is it that he's doing differently to the previous management that's meant you've had an uptick? Um, I think formation... Um, I think formation probably something to do with it. Um, 
the shop used quite a few of our under 23 players and some of them are just not ready and they're not bad players but the championship is is a is a funny old league um Barnsley owned by a consortium who've just bought I think their seventh football club or a stake in Kaiserslautern in in Germany and the positive thing for that is that some of our under 23s uh, at the beginning of the season went on loan to Asbjerg Mm. Denmark, Norway, Scandinavia. It's uh, Den- Denmark, I think, because we had, uh, I think, Vito Minone, former running yeah. keeper, also played for Esbjerg at one point. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what's that done? So, Matty Wolf went over with, with some of the other players. Uh, they've played in that league against seasoned professionals, against crowd of two, three, four thousand people. That seems to prepare them better for life in the championship than going to a League Two side with. 1200 people or, or even less you know six six men and a dog um and i think what poyas bargi's done is is there is more an identifiable style the press is back as we knew it from villain ismail because let's face it that that that's what barnsley did so well last season that high press that high intensity and whilst it's not a 90 minute thing i mean i don't think you can because there's only three subs allowed that worked in our favor last season when there were five um you can just see when the opposition is sort of playing about with at the back. It, it, I don't know what the secret sign is. God, if he scratches his ear or does his hair. But <laughs> everybody sort of pushes forward and we force the opposition to go sort of further back. So there is part of play where you think, ha ha, this, this is what I've come to, you know, what, what I come to watch. This is why I support my team. And then other times, um, the derby match. I mean, we play derby just before the international break. That's a big one, isn't it? Yeah, I play derby. Yeah. Um, and we didn't turn up. We didn't have a shot on goal. Um, so mm. it's it's still hit and miss, and it just depends really which Barnsley side turns up on Saturday to to sort of try and forecast what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned what what Barnsley side is going to turn. We Reading fans don't really know what Reading side is going to turn up because we were saying that before the international break, we'd gone on a pretty handy run over the course of a week where. We got results against, we, we got a very creditable point against Bournemouth, which no one was really expecting. And we were value for that point. We played well, but we were expecting a pasting. It wasn't long before that that we got beaten 4-0 by Nottingham Forest. And then later in the week, we went and, and beat Blackburn. So I feel like on, on our day, and our day doesn't come around very often, we also you know have it in us. But I suppose... That's the interesting thing, like you say, with the squad depth as well, is um, Reading haven't been able to put together a full bench all season. And just as we thought we were getting over that hill and bringing people back after the international break, we've just been hit by news that Andy Rindham Hot is injured, Yaku Mate is injured. So it might be two pretty threadbare teams against each other. Because I've just noticed as well, Corley Woodrow yeah. has had knee surgery. So that's a, a massive loss for you as well, isn't it? Yeah, he had knee surgery. I think it was February time. Um, never really expected him to, to feature it again this season. And he's a miss. Um, uh, captain anyway. But he is, for the, since he joined us from the Fulham under-23s, um, consistently, uh, you know, top striker every single season. He had a difficult season under Struber when he played more in that sort of number 10 role. Um, but um, with him dropping out, luckily... Carlton Morris came back from injury and he's the one that we've been sort of relying on, I suppose, to, to, to get some goals. But I can't remember us playing with both uh, Morris and, and Woodrow. And that would be, ideally, you know, two of your front three for us. So, yeah, it's it's a huge miss. And um, it, it's frustrating. He's spoken to the press about, you know, he's there on match days and, and you know, he cheers the players on everything else. But he's, he's desperately needed. But 
I don't think we'll see him again um, this season. Um, he's he's in rehab and he's doing the work, but I think it's too early to uh, to, to to ask for a comeback yet. Talking about big messes and just the differences between you know when we were playing last season, it's it been interesting how you had that exodus of Villa and Ismail and Alex Mauer both to West Brom, a bit of a doomed project in the end at West Brom. <laughs> what were your feelings there? Because obviously you know. Ismail bringing in this amazing pressing style, which yielded such results for you last year. Were you, I guess there's a bit of schadenfreude, isn't there? Because you don't want him to do badly. But what were your thoughts when you saw it sort of unravel there? Did you think, oh God, if only you'd stuck around with us? Or were you disappointed to see him come a cropper? Yeah, I think when he left, he, he did so much um, for, for the club. Bearing in mind, I never got to see him because it was locked down. And yeah, of I, course. I didn't get a ticket for the for the, for the uh, the first leg of the of the playoff semi-final. But, so I didn't even know he really existed. I thought it might have been <laughs> like, you know. But he did. My mate went. And and when he, he left, I thought, you know what? He's deserved that because he, he, he took a job um, that, you know, could have gone wrong. He did really, really well. And I thought West Brom were a certainty to go back up. And I thought, you know what? Well done. Credit to him. Alex Mowat, club captain, was offered another contract. We don't really offer contracts once they go past 26, 27. So, um, but he saw it out. He saw his contract out. He was a leader. He was the captain. So you just wish him well, don't you? I, I, I honestly thought, for what you've done to the club, fantastic. Go and do well. Um, that obviously message didn't get passed because, because it, <laughs> it didn't go so well for him, did it? Um, and I think... More so, what what I saw last season from a, a Barnsley squad that's pretty much the same as what we've got, except for Mowat and DK, a style that suited the players. Um, I think the interesting bit in, and the dip in form and everything is that the board, the owners, the foreign consortium, foreign even to me, um, <laughs> sort of came in and said, it's been a good season on the pitch, but not so much off the pitch because we've had no bids for any of the players. And Barnsley's model is... Lower league players you bring in or unknown players, you develop them and you sell them for a profit and that sustains the club. Get that. I'm behind that fully. But we finished fifth in the championship and they said the pressing football is not really what we need. We need a more conservative style. So that's what they got on the shop. And well, that worked really well, didn't it? Uh, no. Hmm. Um, and, and, and that's where the anger came from. There were protests during some of the matches um, about, you know, wanting to board out and all that. Don't get involved too much in that. I think that was frustration from fans hmm. knowing what this team is capable of and setting them up completely different. Um, but yeah, he's uh, for Leonisman's since gone to Besiktas, is it, in, in yeah, Turkey? Yeah, I think that's um, right. Yeah, um, he took Murray, Adam Murray with him, who was the Barnsley um, assistant coach. He was interim coach a couple of times as well, and he's took him with him. And you know, good luck to it. I, I hope it works, and because I can only think back really fondly this time last year, how how he just made us tick and and a season that we will never ever forget. Um, but reality is that we're a million miles from that at the moment. And um, if 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 you remember about the last season and this season, it's 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 watching a completely it's like watching a completely different team, different club, different division, different everything. Yeah. Similar to Reading, I mean, it's it's interesting and quite sobering, isn't it, that the two managers that got Reading and Barnsley to where we were last season are no longer in post. I mean, yeah. Ismail obviously going to West Brom, but also Paunovic being the subject of of protests from from Reading fans before he ended up leaving and being replaced by. By Paul Lynch, which I suppose brings us to the present day. We're playing each other on the weekend. Huge game. And in the reverse fixture, we just edged you 1-0. John Swift scored. Scott Dan assisting him on his on his debut. 
And I read a statistic earlier. Um, we were talking about it with um, James earlier. We Reading have got a decent unbeaten record of stretching to nine games against Barnsley. And yet I'm still going in with a bit of a sense of trepidation. It, it feels like the sort of game where there's not going to be many goals and it could go either way. What are you expecting from the game, Carlo? Because it's it's going to be dicey, isn't it? It's two teams yeah. that don't want to lose. Yeah, I think Barnsley must take the initiative because we need a result. We need to win. Our home form is good. I think the last time we lost at home was early February, second of February, I think it was. Um, so you know the home form has been has been good. I think that will hopefully count in our favour. And um, but we need to take the initiative and. My worry is that of all the matches that we, we, we've we won, so the latter, latter part of the season, last eight, nine weeks, have been against sides that, that play, when I say play football, uh, you know, uh, Hull, QPR, Middlesbrough, played some really nice football. If we come up against a side that's there just to frustrate us and to stop us scoring, we become a cropper. We sit deeper and deeper. We cause ourselves problems. So I, I think... I think uh, we recorded yesterday, and in fairness, uh, uh, Adam Oxley, who's doing commentary for the BBC on the match on Saturday, says, you know what, I think they they can they never commit themselves, BBC, do this. I think they can <laughs> do it. I think they can do it. Uh, Adam's a good one, by the way. Um, my other two guests said, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think we will. I, I, I've got this horrible feeling that it's going to be either a nil-nil or a one-one that doesn't mm. help any of us. <laughs> No, you know, I'd say um, I'd say it probably helps us. It helps Reading yeah, more than it helps yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. You don't get a better opportunity. The, the match against Sheffield United before the international break was very much built like we can win this one, and they had a lot of injuries at the time. If you can win this one, look at the gap. You know, you, you, you're in touching distance, knowing that that next match, um, and then when you you lose it in in the manner that we did. It's 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 sort of like you're going three steps forward and two steps back again, and um, it'll be it'll be interesting. They need to take uh, they need to take charge. Um, the other omen that counts better for you than it does for us is that Barnsley, prior to the match, are introducing their alumni project. So there's I think 15 or 20 ex-players, legends taking mm. to the pitch. Cry from the fans will be to give them some boots, some shorts, and, and a shirt. <laughs> but some of them, you know, I think Craig Hignett is going to be there. Darren Barnard's going to be there. Um, the last time they did something similar was back in 2017 when we played Aston Villa at home and we lost 3-0. So let's hope we can, we can this time we can go, well, at least score a goal, but get the results. Because um, as a Barnsley fan, you know, I, I want us to stay up. But if I'm honest, um, do we deserve to stay up? You'd probably mm-hmm. say, well, the table doesn't lie, does it? Yeah, I mean, if we get into a conversation about who deserves to stay up, I, I doubt very many Reading fans would say that Reading deserve to stay up this season. Either no, because I, I think for Barnsley, it's the the fact that you know you're above us, you've had a points deduction. Derby, yeah. you know, we were bottom of the pile with Derby above us at one point. And from a footballing perspective, um, you know, when when a team gets a deduction, normally, and especially especially Derby, you think that's it in it. You know what I mean? They mm. can. Uh, they're making a fight of it, and we've still got one game in hand on Derby, so you'd like to think. Um, and, yeah, we're playing Reading. In a couple of weeks, we've got Peterborough at home, so yeah. that'll be Jeez. another one. So, yeah, so yeah. it's uh, now it'll be, be interesting. I hope it's a really good match to watch, but I doubt it. I think it'll yeah. be quite um, tense and, and probably a single goal that will probably settle it. Me too, because... Having been up to Peterborough for Reading's game against Peterborough, which is probably candidate for biggest game of the season before this one, 
it was much the same. I mean, it was a game that was kind of ruined. It sounds really wet. I know it was ruined by the wind. I mean, it was the it had nil nil written all over it before kickoff. And as the game went on, you're like, this is you know, this is bad. Um, Ince, like you say, what with you being worried about how he's brought us back to a more back to basics approach. In the media, he's very much stressed how it's just like any other game for us, and he's not trying to treat you like a cup final. But in 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 contrast to that, I noticed that Poya had had said, "Oh no, well, it's the your the Barnsley players have to embrace the pressure, um, have to really you know go at it with a sense of freedom." So, I don't know who worries you for Reading. Does any Reading player worry? Because when I'm looking at your Barnsley team. There are a couple of players where I'm like, oh, hang on a minute. They can be quite handy because a name that jumped out to me was Domingos Kina because yeah. in 2018, Reading played Watford in the League Cup at what was then the Medeski Stadium. And I kid you not, he scored an absolute screamer. It was about a 30-yard wonder goal right in front of me and my brother. And I remember thinking to myself, God, he's handy. And then I was surprised to see he'd ended up at, at Barnsley. So from a Reading perspective, he really worries me. Yeah. Does any name on the running team sheet jump out to you? Um, Lucas Zhao, we know well because he spent a long time at Sheffield Wednesday, which obviously uh, that's a massive club, League One though, but it's a massive club, they keep telling us, uh, which is only about <laughs> 10, 50 miles down the road. Sorry, I had to get that in. Um, and it's, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because um, Barnsley calls themselves most of the time. Uh, Junior Hoylet, um, you know, Tom Ince, there's, there's some names there that can really make it really difficult. Barnsley still got a, a, res, a, 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 relative, a relevantly sort of a young team, and it's it's if if something goes wrong, uh, you know, a wrong back pass. If the crowd get on, if if our crowd get on our team's back, then hmm. you, you you could play your under 18s and and they will be able because confidence. I know he talks about embracing this and embracing that, and, and of course he has to say that because he's in the press. But the reality is that Barnsley's been outdone by themselves most of the time for not stepping up on occasions. You know, when we went to Derby, um, Coventry, we went to Coventry, we just won, I think it was Hull, and we went to Coventry with Spirit High. We didn't get a shot on goal in 90 minutes. Derby, wow. very much the same. So it's 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 you've got some players that can be on the, on the day can be match winners can't they you know what i mean they 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 can make the difference between driving back down south with a really good feeling of you know i think we'll get another season or um like Barnsley, besides probably calton morris um keener yeah brought in on loan uh, in in january uh, has done really really well to be fair got a bit of pedigree which is what we were missing especially midfield because we 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 felt um, the the gap that Alex Mowat left. Um, is Drinkwater still with you as well? He is, and he's a point of real contention amongst running fans because even though he's been doing all right, well, I say all right, the bar's set very low recently. He was probably our number one scapegoat for a long time. Just didn't really look. As soon as things started to turn with the results, because he had an impressive couple of of weeks when he first signed. As soon as things started to turn. He really just does look like a player that doesn't want to be in a Reading shirt. And obviously, when you bring into it the fact that his wage is so exorbitant, um, he is basically the first name on the team sheet at the moment in in Paul Ince's eyes because he 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 has to kind of be there by default anyway, given that Rinham Hot is injured and he is like the anchorman. But yes, it, it, long way of saying Danny Drinkwater, for better or worse, is still here. Yes. Yeah. Um 
you know, we, we've 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 come up against him before. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to think back. I'm pretty sure we had him on loan for um, for some time as well. Um, it's experience, isn't it? Barnsley is screaming out for a little bit of experience. Um, Keane, although relatively young, has brought some of that purely because of the clubs that he played with because he was on loan at Fulham at the start of this season. Never really got a look in. So, um, you know, in the centre of midfield, Matthew Wolf, who's, I believe, 19, has come from the under-23s. Um, looks like he'll be a decent footballer, but um, we saw against, um, and it was a derby where, you know, he couldn't win his individual battles and I gave a really silly yellow card away and then was sort of like walking mm. on eggshells. And it's those little things. On the pitch, sometimes we're lacking a little bit of leadership and, and that's no one's fault. It's just, you know, we, we don't buy players normally over 24, 25. So um, I was... I was I said the recording yesterday, you know, it's the Papa John's trophy. And I know that doesn't really involve us, but like if you look at Rotherham, who have gone absolutely fantastic in League One, and six of their players are like 29 or 30, unheard of in Barnsley, 27. If if you're under contract, that's great. But if you're no longer under contract, you go, you know, you go. Yeah. Um, so to have somebody like a Danny Drinkwater, we would probably kill for to have somebody with a bit of experience that can settle mm. things down and influence the match, because that's that's what we're lacking. Yeah, I mean, we did on paper. Reading teams of the past that haven't been doing well have often been criticised for having a lack of experience. But then on paper, we do have those characters. We got Michael Morrison, who's an older head. He's he's you know shown his leadership qualities in the past. Is doing some coaching work with the the Reading youth teams. You know, brilliant, um, brilliant to have around. Not just yeah. you know for his playing qualities, but also his his personal qualities. Um, Drinkwater should also the- theoretically be a, be a bit of an exemplar in that regard too. And yeah. like you were saying as well, with players that can change a game for Reading, we've and it, it kind of is that does them a bit of a disservice because Reading, when they play well, it's often as a result of a certain player turning up, yeah. and that doesn't always happen. And when one of our game winners, such as Swift, Zhao, uh, Ijaria when they don't turn up, we really struggle. So we really need that on the weekend. And just going back to that fixture, just to, to quickly wrap it up, Carlo, on Saturday, it, we've, we've said it's going to be a dicey affair. I am leaning towards it being either a one or draw, or maybe I'm going to go out on a limb and predict a one nil a one nil Reading win. So lay your cards on the table, put your money where your mouth is. What's the score going to be on Saturday? Um, I've, I've said it all week after we started prepping for our show. Um, I, 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 I think it's going to be a draw. I'll go with the one-one. Um, I think there's, there's so much at stake that I, I worry that the flowing football and the pressing football will not be on show as much because we don't want to press forward too much to leave gaps at the back. Um, some of the players, like Styles, like Halleck, very, very good players, have been, you know, they've not been able to train because they were on international duty. Well done to them. But I think, again, that sort of, you know, so um, I'm going I'm going for a draw. And I think that will also mean that we'll have missed our opportunity. Obviously, there's still seven games to go after that. But this has been targeted or, or, or seen by many within the press and Barnsley fans. That if we can get three points, we can make a real fight to try and climb out of this. If we miss that opportunity, because one's not enough, then that would probably see us go down to League One uh, by the end of April, early May, whenever it is. So I'll go for a yeah. draw. Yeah, and it, and it would be a draw that feels a bit like a, a defeat. 
And um, yeah, so we'll just have to see. We'll see. Have to see what how the chips fall as they may. One thing is for certain: it's going to be a pretty significant clash, and um, I can't wait. Honestly, um, there's going to be a fair old number of running fans making the trip up north as well. At the time I was saying to earlier, um, uh, saying earlier to to James, uh, we've sold over a thousand five hundred tickets. So hopefully the running fans make themselves felt up at Oakwell. Uh, just time for one quick question from Twitter for you, Carlo. Um, yeah. Just want to bring up uh, a bit of an old face around your neck of the woods, uh, uh, Mister Andy Yearden. Because he's um, he obviously signed for Reading on a free transfer, um, has all, honestly been a, a good servant for Reading in the time that he's been here. The reason he's on um, our minds is his uh, Ghana team have just qualified for the World Cup in December. So I just wanted to ask, really, out of curiosity, um, how has he thought of in Barnsley in general? Like, is he well remembered? Were you gutted to see him leave? Uh, one of the best. The um, right back he played at that time that that we'd seen for a long, long time, relatively unknown. Just thinking, where did we get him from? Was it Barnet or somewhere? I can't remember. But we, we you know, we brought in, like I say, relatively unknown. Um, I was lucky to spend some time with him. Um, I work in youth justice in Barnsley, and um, I had a couple of football fans that had been misbehaving, not at a match. And, um, you know, we always try and think outside the box. And I thought, what? Well, they all wanted to be professional footballers because everybody always does, doesn't it? So I, um, I, I I approached the club and they said, oh, I'll tell you what, I have a couple of hours with Andy Yadim. He's got some really good stories to tell. And he sat with him and he talked about his childhood, how difficult it was and how privileged he was to, to wear the Barnsley shirts. So an all-round really, really, really nice guy. He did lots of community stuff in this area and well thought of. Yeah, um, a, a really, really... Typical of Barnsley, brought him in, nobody knew him, and then obviously, you know, went on and did okay, didn't he? I mean, um, most of the Barnsley players that move on uh, seem to improve their career, and, and Reading is, is, is certainly, you know, better prospect um, for, for, for many players than Barnsley, location-wise, and obviously history mm. and everything else. Um, I like him, huge amount of respect. I'm not one to boo, because I think players... You know, they go, if the club don't want them or they get sold, then they go to the next one. Never set a foot wrong for me. Um, a really, really all-around nice guy and very, very good, influential. Became captain for a while as well. So, yeah, um, yeah. a lot of time for him. A lot of time. He's a good egg. I mean, we were talking briefly earlier, weren't we, about leaders. And he's a real yeah. leader in this Reading team and uh, seems to have a connection with the fans too. So, it'd be nice it's to important. see him. Yeah, it'd be nice to see him get a. He will be playing on on Saturday, so we'll just see. We'll have to see what the reception is from from the home fans. But I want to thank you, Carlo, so much for your time because I think no I've worries. just had I've had a Barnsley FC education in the last half an hour. So thank you so much. And, and, and don't forget, for people that are travelling, um, there's a there's a workingman's club, literally a five minute walk from 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 the stadium. Um, and it, it allows home and away supporters. There's no issues between Barnsley and Reading. You get a, a mm. huge room. Prices for beer here are probably slightly cheaper than what you're used to. So um, <laughs> you have to take out a, you, when you're drinking in Reading. You have to take out a mortgage. Honestly, it's awful. <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't know what the price. I know that if I go in there and I have a pint of lager, I think it costs me three pounds twenty. Um, so it's it's um, yeah, it's the East Dean working with. I don't work for them. I have nothing to do with them. I tend to go in there for a drink myself before the match. 
I just enjoy standing outside and talking to opposition fans about this. You know, a bit like we're doing now, Jacob. So, um, mm. yeah, it's the East Dean Workingman's Club. Uh, they have some parking there as well, which you have to pay for. Oh, it's only three quid, so it's not bad. But it's <laughs> literally, it's a five-minute walk down the hill to Oakwell, past the burger stand. So, yeah, if, if you're Perfect. thinking of, of stuck for somewhere to go, might see you in there. That's a valuable little nugget of local knowledge. So thank you very much, Carlo. And uh, please stop what you're doing now if you're listening at home uh, and, well, before you turn us off, and go and follow (laughs) Red's Report on Twitter because they are probably my go-to for any sort of Barnsley Twitter chat and uh, they crank out some excellent, excellent podcast material. So uh, so please go and give them a follow. I'll look forward to speaking to you, Carlo, regardless of what division either of our teams are in. uh, we'll, We'll have to catch up soon. Yeah, my, my wife bought me a T-shirt today, and I should have worn it. It says, I'm Dutch. I'm not arguing. I'm just explaining to you why I'm, why, why I'm right. And I should have really worn it. But no, thanks very much um, for, for reaching out. If any, any chat about Barnsley or football in general, just send us a tweet. Uh, always happy to help a fellow Dutchman, even if he's half Dutch. Oh, well, you know, half is better than none. And exactly. uh, I will also I be ordering them. I keep telling them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be ordering one of those T-shirts as well. I'll have to ask your wife where, where she got it from. But, uh, thank you very much, Carlo. Thank you to those listening at home. Uh, fingers crossed for at least, at the very least, a decent spectacle, if not three points, at the weekend. Uh, Barnsley v Reading. Make sure you get down there if you can. And uh, join us next time on the Elm Park Royals preview podcast. We won't be back midweek for Stoke. But please do join us for all of the pre-match goss against Cardiff next weekend. And take care and see you next time. Cheerio.